You're listening to the Leaving Inside Out podcast, and I'm your host, Talks Arotary. This is episode 10. Welcome to the Leaving Inside Out podcast, where we believe that the words we hear go on to create the life we leave. Episode 10 is More Lies We Believe, Recognizing the Source of Wrong Mindsets. Hey, how are you? Here in the UK, we reopened, non-essential shops reopened this week, so I'm back in the building. The best part is I was a bit anxious about turning my intentions into reality. You see, one of my resolutions during this whole season of being at home due to the pandemic was that I no longer want to live my life like a hamster on a wheel. Sure, I have great ambitions. Yes, I have a large family. Yes, I have my hands in a few projects, but I refuse to allow them to master my life. I have never considered prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, I never considered the possibility of living a stress-free life while pursuing my goals and my dreams. So week one has gone well, better than I expected, better than I thought, because, you know, they say old habits die hard and I knew that I would naturally gravitate towards my old way of living. But I I have resolved, guys, I have resolved to not go back to that. I really do want to make sure that I'm living a life that is as peaceful and as stress-free as possible. So last week, we chatted about three mindsets that are lies. And I mentioned that I stopped counting when I got to 15, right? Well, today we're going to dive into two more mindsets that I uncovered. I know I had promised three, but as I prepared, I realized that there was just no way I could squeeze a third one in. So my lessons on mindsets started out as a lesson on the effects that words can have on the mind, which is that what we repeatedly hear, we eventually believe I then extended that principle to the thoughts that we repeatedly think. So while we're able to do something about the words we hear by changing our environment, maybe coming away from the source of information, which could be friends or the sort of books you read or the television programs you watch, managing the thoughts that we think is a bit more difficult. For example, I changed the conversation that I held with some people, so kept them in my life for a bit, but I changed the kind of conversations that I chose to partake in, and I cut out negative information, like stopped watching the news and so on. And that was not too hard to do, because it's very easy to identify negativity when it's outside of you, but it's when it's inside you, when it's going on in your mind, you know, it's often disguised as truth and sincerity. And, you know, I remember somebody who has a habit, she, who I believe is a pessimist, but she calls herself a realist. I'm a realist. I'm not wishing for the worst, but I'm just being real. I expect that things are going to go bad. So 
a lot of times negativity will be disguised as being realistic or being truthful. But the thoughts that we have believed for so long that have since formed a layer on the floor of our minds, you know, that's the source of new thoughts. So even if you heard the information a long time ago, it still comes back and you keep hearing it. In the case of a friend of mine, even when I stopped having those conversations with her, I kept hearing them in my head because we had talked about it for such a long time. So the first mindset is, I know myself. Sarah and Nii, names changed, had been married for three years when they officially began their fertility journey. They had been trying for a baby for two years and none was forthcoming. The doctors couldn't find anything wrong and suggested IVF. Six rounds later, they did not yield any results and they looked into surrogacy, but that came with its own set of problems that neither were prepared to deal with. The doctor suggested adoption. No, we want our own baby. Sarah said she wanted the experience of carrying a baby in her womb. Nia said he didn't think he could love another child like his own. In his words, doctor, I know myself. I can't. I know myself. <laughs> I admire anyone who knows themselves enough to declare it. I know myself is a mindset I used to admire when I was in school. You know, the teenage years are the most difficult as you try to find your own identity. And I fought with that. I thought I knew who I was until boarding school exposed me to the different species of girls that existed and the multitude of qualities combined. So that threw me off. There were traits I admired in others and I found myself craving. There were some I detested and prayed I didn't have them. <laughs> but those girls that were so sure of themselves, they started sentences with, one thing about me, or I know myself, or I could never do that. They left me feeling slightly envious of their own certainty. You know, their confidence set against the backdrop of my search for self meant I was constantly trying to fill that gap. So I caught myself piggybacking on their own traits. For example, there was a friend that only wore her wristwatch on her right hand instead of the widely accepted left. So I started to do the same. Then there was another one that slept without a pillow. I found it fascinating, and so I tried that too. This was me trying so hard to stand out, but of course it would be decades before I went on my authenticity journey to learn that the best way to stand out is to be yourself. In the meantime, I continued to pick and choose what traits I wanted to exhibit based on what I admired the most. It's good to know yourself, know your weaknesses, the scenes that trip you up, like I know myself. Once I start on a pack of malted milk biscuits, I can't stop. <laughs> and guys, this is a real example. I don't do one or two or three biscuits, I do packs. And once I'm in the zone, I can almost not hear what you're saying. So I stay completely away from it. 
But when it comes to experiencing an emotion that you believe you can't live with, this mindset can really do some damage. You see, there's nothing you can't live with, even grief. No one says it'll be easy. But as my son Aaron said, I believe God would not have put us in a world that was not suitable for our survival. For example, you don't know what you don't know. So when you come across a good life or business opportunity, your certainty about who you are may stop you from taking it up because you know yourself you can't handle, let's say, stress or you can't handle failure or you can't handle staff. So even though there's a chance of success, you wouldn't even start in case you fail. One of the benefits of going through a major storm and surviving it is this, that you can survive whatever life throws at you. I know someone who wanted to get married but didn't because she knew herself. I can't stand the way he pretends to play a saxophone when music comes on. Or I know myself that habit he has of twitching his nose. I can't live with that. Nope, he's too short. I know myself. I can never stay attracted to someone like that. Do you know anyone like that? (laughs) A commonly used phrase to define this limiting mindset is the fixed mindset. It's important to have your own definition of life's experiences. For example, for years... I lived with a fear of failing again. Every time I came remotely close to a financial hiccup, my mind would reach right back to the earlier storm. I didn't see myself as a survivor because I didn't have a definition of life, which is that life is full of ups and downs. And I didn't have a definition of survival, which, as we know, is never pretty. Survivors come away with scrapes and bruises and dents and scars. And it wasn't until I began to watch the reaction of others to my story that I realized I had overcome something major. Still, many will argue that I didn't go through a storm. I simply went through life. And guess what? I'd be inclined to agree with them because there are worse situations. So if you have an incorrect definition of life, you'd be flawed when real life happens. If you limit your ability to handle challenges, you will also limit the opportunities that you'll take. So while it's good to know yourself and your strengths, I'm not saying that you should dive senselessly into things without knowing what it entails. I'm saying know your limitations but be open to the possibility of growing beyond them. In the previous episode, I talked about Betty, and one day I discovered an app that could create a professional graphic, professional-looking graphics without the high cost of a graphic designer. And when I say cost, I mean in terms of money as well as in terms of time. Canva, C-A-N-V-A, I'll leave a link in the show notes, elevates the novice to expert designer because it removes the complexities and the costs of Photoshop. It removes the cost of you having to pay an expert graphic designer for simple designs. 
Now, Betty came across as a stickler for doing things well, or should I say, um, being a perfectionist. And I told her about this amazing app because I knew that budget was a real issue for her. And before the words were out of my mouth, she rejected it. She knew herself. She couldn't do graphics. She was broke, but she insisted on paying someone else who was using the same app to create what my 12-year-old could do in his sleep. The reluctance to even consider stretching yourself is rooted in the fear of failure. If you're a perfectionist, things will take twice as long as it should because you are waiting to see evidence of your own ability before getting started. Life is filled with the good, the bad, and yes, I'm going to say it, the ugly. If you're under 40, you'll need to Google that. This was the movie of our time, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Back then, a handful of movies came out once a year. So the good, the bad, and the ugly, for example, would probably remain in the charts for years, not weeks. And I don't think they had opening weekends. They must have had opening months or maybe even opening years. Um, I digress. <laughs> so having a definition of life is very helpful. Don't name every hiccup a storm. Because when real problems show up, you would have used up your limited supply of hope to help you get through it. Then take things a step further. If you're in the habit of limiting your abilities with your declarations, with the words that you speak, let's just put a stop to that now. You are way too complex to know the extent of your own capabilities. Ask anyone who's lost a child and is still pressing through life today. The Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're not even like a complex computer program. You just are, and there is no comparison to you. Earlier this year, I enrolled on a speaking and coaching course which stretched me like never before. I had grown as far as I could on my own and I now needed help. I thought that I was going in to acquire knowledge, but before long I realized I was going in to get stretched, then acquire the knowledge. I'll be honest and admit that there were moments I worried I wouldn't be able to handle it, but surprise, surprise, I did. And you know what that did for me? It helped me to believe that there was nothing I couldn't learn or do. And that's where I'm standing today. A growth mindset knows that they're able to grow into the space that lies ahead of them. A fixed mindset believes that if they couldn't do it now, they wouldn't be able to do it later. So they pivot in a different direction. I'll let you in on the extent of having a growth mindset and how it has helped me to excel. I no longer rely on the certainty of an uncomfortable emotion to make a decision. So for example, I have a team of people who work for me. I pay them. Yet there were times I held back from giving them instructions. Sometimes it was because I didn't want to come across as not being able to do a simple task. That's an overachiever problem. <laughs> At other times, it was because I genuinely could do it without their help. But when I used the joy or pain filter 
for Making Decisions, Episode 6, I found that I was doing stuff because of the buzz that I'll get from completing it myself. It was a way of gaining reassurance of my own ability. I understand now that just because I can doesn't mean I should, because my time is better spent elsewhere, not trying to prove my own awesomeness to myself. When things reach a point of being so rigid that you don't give yourself the room to grow into new opportunities, that becomes a problem. Niyi had never had the experience of adopting a child. Therefore, he didn't even know how his new child would make him feel. He didn't know how he would react to his new baby. I know myself is a mindset that robs you of seeing life in full color. Yes, you do see some color, but there is a whole spectrum and you're missing out on a big chunk of them. Now, here's a scripture in the Bible. It says, The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. I've left the reference in the show notes. I love the visual that this scripture gives because I kind of picture a dark path where you can only see where you're standing, if that. But then every time you take a step forward, light illuminates your path and you can see better. And in addition to that, I I see it as us going through life and getting better and getting blessings as we progress. That's why it is so important to uproot any limiting mindset because a limiting mindset limits you, stops you from progressing, stops you from moving forward. It keeps you paralyzed. One of the reasons we struggle to identify limiting beliefs is because of the labels that they are given. Personally, I don't know anyone who will put up their hand to say they have a victim mentality, which is the second mentality I want us to explore. There are so many of us that have exhibited this mindset in one form or the other. I know I have. The day I concluded that my thoughts were the cause of my actions and my actions created my world was the day I began exploring the source of my thoughts. So I divided my findings into internal and external sources. The victim mentality is born out of an external source. It blames others for the misfortune that you're experiencing. And it's the biggest meetup group that's found in every facet of life. There are people who are victims of their health, their finances, relationships, careers, and they all draw from the same dictionary and they speak and think the same way. Think about it. Everyone moves in circles and this includes virtual circles. If you think about the people, you you kind of like the same pages that people in your circle like, isn't it? And you follow the same companies or celebrities that if you are a celebrity follower that your friends do. I remember when my staff member told me that she didn't know who Kobe Bryant was. It was sacrilege. But she doesn't belong to the pool of conversation that know him. Or when I've met people that have never heard of Anita Baker or don't know her songs. (laughs) I forgive you if you're one of them. 
if you don't draw from the same genre of entertainment that I do, you wouldn't know her. It's like expecting a 19-year-old to know Keith Sweat or Gerald Levert or Johnny Gill. Those of us who know them do because we are part of the same conversation as it applies to entertainment. That's why when a celebrity says or does something controversial, you don't have many people seeing things objectively. Instead, they all seem to come to the same conclusions. Case in point, Angela Simmons, fashion entrepreneur and daughter of Reverend Run from Run DMC, a whole other niche. (laughs) She posted a comment on Instagram and her post was a graphic that said, if you don't like where you are, you can change it. (laughs) Come and see the fireworks. To many people, that made sense. It made sense to those who understood that we have the power to direct the course of our own life. Such people were part of a different conversation and to them, it was a valid and a true statement. But to many others, those who are part of another conversation, they saw it as an insult. Of course you'd say so, said one. Your father is rich. How arrogant and insensitive, wrote another. That's the problem when people don't live in the real world. You are an expletive, 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 said another. Entitled expletive. (laughs) So a victim is someone who has suffered the effects of a bad situation like crime or illness. A victim mentality is a mindset that sees every uncomfortable situation not as life happening but as a crime against them. The victim needs a villain and the villain could be their parents, their neighborhood, their government or rich people. (laughs) Please note, I'm not saying external factors like these don't play a role in how we are shaped because they do. But looking at your situation as neutral is a choice and it's one that will serve you. I used to host brunches where we'd get together to discuss matters of the mind and sometimes would have an expert in a particular field like starting a business or healthy eating or fashion styling. And the point of these brunches was to carve out a path for us in the midst of the challenges of life. Well, one day we had a a brunch on culture and business and it was obvious that for some, no one was moving forward until the cause of their pain was named and shamed. A victim wants their pain acknowledged and its source shamed. In episode 9, I mentioned briefly a principle I adopted which I call the indifference of a situation. Situations don't exist to bring you good or bad tidings. They just are. So when you choose to only see things as either negative or positive, you will give your energy to uncovering the cause of the bad and you'll live only for the good times. Taking ownership of all that's on your path is key. Knowing that you have the power to create as well as destroy gives you that sense of ownership. 
when you read through the comments of a controversial post, you'll notice that those who are on the same side of the argument like each other's comments and they even start a conversation like their old friends. They speak the same language and they share the same ideals. Since the victim mentality is found in a group, it means you must choose the words you surround yourself with and the people that you hear from because mindset is about how you think and your thoughts are formed from the words you hear or the words you speak or the words that you recall. It is easy to remain in victim mode after you've been through a major loss. For example, when I recovered from my financial loss, or at least I recovered sufficiently to stand on my feet, I played down the recovery and the following success. I played down my joy because I didn't want to give the impression that everything was fine just in case the people who supported me got up and left and I'd end up needing them. The trouble with presenting yourself as a victim is that that's how you will also be received. So following the recovery, when you try to share your gift or sell your products, they'll see your offerings through the veil of victimhood. In addition, you'll attract people who uh, carry the savior mentality, you know, those who only ever show up when you're down. Mindsets are formed during intense emotional periods, so you need to regularly inspect your mind and unearth any lies that you now hold on to as though it's truth. One of the lessons that failure taught me is that it is present on the road to success. The only way to avoid it is to shoot for mediocrity, which is the safe and stable route. But success? Hmm. That's for the misfits, the risk takers, the daredevils. As we head into the weekend, I want to challenge you to watch the words that you're drawn to and even the words that you speak. Which pool are you drawing from? And while we're on the subject of pools, next week we'll be delving into the highly anticipated topic of friendships. Because the people in your circle play a major role in forming your mindset. I want to say thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have found this podcast useful, please give it a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. I would also appreciate you sharing your thoughts on wherever you're listening from. It helps increase the visibility of the podcast. And of course, don't forget to share it with your friends. I look forward to connecting with you and carrying on the conversation on social. My handle is Tox Aroture, first name and surname, no spaces or dashes. Remember to leave always from the inside out. Mm-hmm.